Hello, this is Dustin from Elder Eye Entertainment, and I want to welcome you to the audio version of The Velvet Lodge, our cinematic horror actual play miniseries. The Velvet Lodge airs every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on our Twitch channel, and you can also watch the video on demand on our YouTube channel with new episodes releasing every Friday. Now, we hope you enjoy your stay at The Velvet Lodge. Warning. The Vela Laws contains vulgar language, disturbing audio, and descriptive imagery of violence, body horror, gore, vermin, manipulation, anxiety caused by trauma, and death that may be upsetting to some viewers and listeners. Audience discretion is advised. You ever hear the sound of Grolic hitting the floor? It's a dissonant resonance, sends a shiver down your spine like the reapers breathing down your neck. Death. That's the ultimate predator for which we are all prey and there is no escape. That sound. That discordant spatter of viscera, blood, and shit. It's a sound that makes you feel alive. Like you're a hunter. Like you are death. Unless, of course, it's your own entrails hitting the floor. Best guess it's time you ask yourself, are you predator or are you prey? Enough rambling, yeah? You're only here for the story anyway, and I'm sure you'll find that this one doesn't even have that much to do with old Grandfather Velvet. As much as I'm sure you loved hearing him go on and on throughout the entire thing. Sorry about that. Anywho, let's finish out this game at the Velvet Lodge and help it hunting. So... As you have now seen as the door behind the piano reopen, you have the journal. Eliza is there with you in the foyer. And as that song on the piano has stopped, you see the box open again. Oh, Take hell. that from her. Oh, hell no. No. Oh, Give that no. to someone else. Why? Because look at her. Yeah, look at all of us. Well, now I just want to hold it for principle. Yeah. You I, also... You're actually stronger than me, though. That, that was why I was taking it, to be perfectly honest. It's not that I don't trust you, it's that I trust myself more. You also feel, as that door has opened... There's sort of a cold chill that moves into the foyer from whatever space this leads to. And looking at each other, Nicolette, your other company starts to notice 
that around this sort of pupil in your iris, your eyes have changed to this almost golden color and are glowing onto your face just a little bit. And Abby, the rest of you also realize that your appearance has changed just a bit, as instead of the eyes sort of glowing, it's almost like your the color from your iris is washing with the white of your eye, almost moving and fluid. Bertie, your company realizes that you seem to have slightly longer nails and maybe just a peak of something coming out from each side of the hair. But most of all, you all see that Melody's visage has changed the most, having slightly more angular features, longer sort of nails as well, and out of the forehead, just barely visible, almost like antenna beginning to sprout. Like I said, look at all of us. I... Let me take a look at your injuries. And I will use medicine to uh, do first aid on uh, these two. Since Melody doesn't look injured, uh, I'm going to first aid Birdie and uh, Abby. Okay. Um, I will have you do either... This would probably be your acumen. Mm -hmm. um, and then your wit. Okay. And you can add whatever uh, medicinal advantages you would have. And then I'm going to do six seconds to re-roll. Okay. Two successes. Two successes. Mm -hmm. Abby, how hard are you? Uh, I'm at half. Okay. Freddie, how hard are you? Uh, I'm down by nine, so I have three HP remaining. Okay. Taking a look at Abby first, mm -hmm. you can see that... There's some damage kind of all around to everybody, but mm -hmm. Abby, the most hurt that she looks is the sort of swelling cheek beginning um, from Birdie having socked her in the face. I fell down a flight of stairs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sure. Birdie, on the other hand, looks um, far worse. Um, though her composure's still there, but bodily-wise, she's also taken some hits. Can I, like, uh, heal her any of those wounds? I will say roll... You got two successes? Yes. Roll 2d4 for me, please. 
five total. It's a four and a one. Okay, five total. You doing an examination, there's not a ton you can do because most of it would just be rest and mm -hmm. actual medicine. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, with the care, you can gain back three points of health. Okay. Best I can do. All right, thanks. I'll be fine. And it's probably worth it to take a moment before we go down that. Hmm. Hmm. Pretty. Everything's here. Everything we put in the box. The pearls, the bracelet, this thing. Swalia. Whatever the creepy thing you doodled in here. I think this is, well, we're just going to have to stab it. Here's the problem. Yeah? The man who wrote the journal was prevented from killing it by everyone else. And they hid the pieces from him. So why? Right. Because they all sure don't look happy about this. This was, yeah, this was before they presumably were cursed. Not just that, they helped him build everything, made the knife, took care of finding the oyster, all the stuff. And then they realized it was a bad idea. So was he the one who was in the right and logical and sane, or was he the one who, according to the writing on the journal, lost touch with reality? whatever reality is. Okay, I know I read a lot of books, but if I may posit another potential idea, just so we don't go in there half-cocked and everything. Sometimes there's stories of a guy going mad and doing something he ain't supposed to be doing, seeing enemies where they ain't enemies and monsters where they ain't monsters. But that's not to say he didn't get cursed himself. And what if the monster at the end of this is him? Hopefully that makes him easier to stab if that's what we got to do. I mean, none of these people been easy to stab. He, he probably just as cursed as them, but I don't know if we're looking for a monster or if we're looking for a man who became a monster. I'm a little nervous about the fact that in the journal, he wanted to capture it. At first. At first. Capture it, he did, and then he wanted to kill it, but everyone stopped him and hid the items from him. Mm -hmm. Ain't you ever heard about those people going crazy when they get trapped on a mountain? There's like a bunch of days in here with nothing. Mm. Sometimes people just go cuckoo. Doesn't mean there isn't a monster downstairs. Given everything we've seen, I think. Oh, I still think there's a monster downstairs. I think we're just, we got a lot of possibilities of what the monster downstairs is. 
Like, if we go down there and we definitely see this doodle, I'm just saying that might be Mr. Velvet himself. For all we know. It'd be nice to know more about when that creature was brought in. Well, you got your thing. Where, where's the page? Where's the page? Can you can you touch a page and see? I could. <laughs> There's probably an easier way of doing it, though. I mean, you could touch the page and be like, "When when did this writing occur?" Yeah, but then he's writing in the book, and I'm just seeing him writing the book. What I would love to do, I want to see the minute that they dragged this creature into custody. And I'm going to what, use... Wait, wait. What would that tell you? What, what new information would you glean from that? I think we would find out what the relationship is between all these people and him and the creature. But if you've got a better idea... What if you looked at the time where they confronted him. Mm. Oh about... yeah, there's, there's the page. Uh, everyone is turned against me on yeah. day 45. What if when we can find that out? That might tell us why. Which I think is what we need to know more than knowing details about the creature. I think we need to know details about why they stopped. Yeah, because it says that everybody caught it together. Big effort from everyone. Going to be breaking down soon. What a hide I'll have. Mm. I don't it's... like that phrasing, going to be breaking down soon. That's probably a hunter thing, but I don't... Breaking camp. Is that how you spell hide in this situation? H-I-D-E? This is H-Y-D-E. Archaic spelling. Jekyll yeah. and Hyde, Nicolette. <gasps> you read too. Mm -hmm. Bertie might be right. It might be one and the same. Wait. Hold on. That hold on. That could be why they don't want to kill it. Because it's him. Well, I don't have that com compunction. I don't care. Look at whatever is causing this. But he has says to stop. All my sleep interrupted by dreams. This nightmare of my own creation. Something's wrong. Whatever this thing is must die. Something's wrong. Like, like in him. So the question is, is he the one causing this and the creature is just a side product? Or, or the, the creature is him. What if? That might be why some of these... No, okay. Got nothing. All of us have seen something. Yeah? What if this was the thing he saw? What do you mean? Like, like, how, like he became like us? Uh, we're all changing. Where did Eliza go? She's right there. Oh, hey. Hey, you got any insight? I know it's a lot. It's real bad. I don't even know why I'm here. Yeah, that's an unfortunate thing. I don't really remember much. Do you want to? 
I... I mean, I... I don't know. Should I? Sometimes remembering things is a curse. Sometimes what you remember haunts you, changes you just as much as that memory when you were acting it out. You know, I can just picture it all in my head every single time, anything I want that's happened to me. And it's a nightmare to use the phrase of this place. Just any time I want, the most horrible times in my life. I did something to you to try to save you, but I guess I was too late. Would you like to ask me a when question? No. I don't think I will. I've got one for you. Just here, nothing special. When did you see a monster? Well, you know part of the story. I'm not secretive about it. I was, um... I just came home one day. I was fixing myself something to eat. And I looked outside my window and I swore. I swore that my brother was there. So I was wondering what he was doing out in the dark. And I went out to see him. And I said to him, I said, why are you here? What are you doing outside? You need to come inside. It's cold out. And he said, I came. I came to warn you because I think something bad is about to happen. And I, and I brought him in. I, I told him to come inside because I didn't want him to be outside anymore. And he, he took the lead because he didn't want me being unsafe, but when he opened the door back into the house, it wasn't just that I saw a monster, Abby. It was, monster took something from me. What'd it take? My brother. And I've been scared ever since that something is going to use me as a pawn to get to someone else that I love. I'm so sorry. I really am. It's not your fault, baby. And it's not yours. Whatever this thing is, whatever is pulling the strings, whatever lured us all here, it's its fault. And we're gonna fix it. Right. 
or we're going to do our best to try. What are we going to do against a monster that monster hunters couldn't do? I'm going to stab it with a light stick. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to do what we did in the last couple of rooms. Whatever we can. You want me to find out what the what the monster hunters were so upset by? Yes. That's a minute worth seeing. No matter the cost. What does that mean? I'll activate the power. Okay. And I want to see specifically the minute where all the hunters confronted him about whether to kill this creature or not. Okay. And that is four minutes that does push me over to the next hour. Gotcha. So, as you begin to pull that same energy from whatever it is that allows you to see points in time, all of you in the room also see box close and focusing on Abby as you have that minute where you are almost out of your own body your consciousness lands in this space you are outside of the lodge on the exterior and you can see sort of standing on like a balcony on one of the rooms. You are looking out from inside and you can see that older man sort of standing there and Alexander across from him. Alexander sort of, I won't do it. You you don't know what this thing is. You don't know what, what's going on. And he sort of, the man sort of, hmm, you're right. But I can't sleep, Alexander. Sort of, I don't know. I, I, I don't, none of us have felt right since this happened. I, I, what are you, what are you gonna do? And the return, well, I'm gonna use that thing that y'all made for me, that I asked y'all to make for me. And with all of our combined skills and whatnot, we're gonna put an end to it. At this moment, you feel the door behind you sort of swing open and through you, a figure walks across and you hear as Augustina cusps into your vision. She, why are we fighting? Can't we, look, Alexander, it'll be fine. Just, just give him, just give him the last part. Alexander sort of backs and no, you're in on this? What do you, what do you think's gonna happen? Look, I don't trust 
it either. But we're just going to rule out the fact that it's lying or that it's telling the truth. Augustina sort of walks over and you can see her sort of grasp onto that arm of the older man. She, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying that we, that we just make a rash decision, but maybe also, maybe dad is right. Maybe it just, it has to happen. You haven't been able to sleep, right? Sort of. No, I haven't, but I, I don't think that's what it is. I don't, I don't know. You can't just rush into this decision. And as his volume gets a little bit louder, you hear as more footsteps begin walking into the room. And you... So, as I hear that, mm -hmm. because that was disturbing having someone walk through me, my whatever it is that's here in this moment, I'd like to move over to the side. Okay. And I want to get a real close look at the three people who are out here and gauge, especially since I've seen them in all sorts of states. Mm -hmm. What, how do they look? How's their mental state at this moment? How frazzled, how upset, anything? Looking at them, um, Alexander and Augustina also kind of gauging from their portraits and how they look there. They look tired and they all look exhausted in a way. Um, but the older man sort of standing there there's almost this, he's talking smoothly and he is being polite, but also there is a sort of desperation in his face a bit. A sort of, he doesn't want to talk anymore. And as the four, or, sorry, the three other, yes, three other figures enter the room, and you hear the footsteps sort of moving in. You hear as one of them sort of begins speaking and you recognize now that this is Sunita. And she, I got rid of it. I got rid of it. And the older man sort of, what? She, you're never gonna be able to find it. And all of us here agreed because we don't know what we're up against. And you have not been the same since, As since Esther passed away. And we're tired of it. You're making all of these rash decisions and you called us up here and we're here, we're here for you. But this thing, this is, this is not like anything. I, we've hunted monsters before, but this is different and you know it. And he, hmm. That's a shame. That is a damn shame, Sunita. Whatever happens, uh, was this your idea? And she sort of, my idea? What, so you can come after me first? No, all of us agreed. And you see the other two figures sort of nodding along and Alexander sort of, I sent my piece off too. It's not here. 
The old man sort of scratches that beard and sort of hmm, tips the hat, begins walking out of the room. And you see as Augustina sort of, Father, wait, begins following after him. She's, she's kind of running behind and she, where are you going? Let's just talk about it. And he, I'm going to the basement. And that is where your vision ends. Well? I'm going to use my photographic memory to just describe to them exactly what I saw. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I heard. Beat for beat. It was talking to them. I don't know if it was, I don't know what it said. It was bargaining with them, probably. As they were all doing what they thought was the right thing to do. Mm. What I don't understand is, it's a monster, they hunt monsters, so why are they not killing it? Because it, I think it offered them something that they think it could provide. The, the, the person that um, he mentioned, that they mentioned she, that he had lost. His wife. Esther, was it? Mm-hmm. It also mentioned in the book that it was too big. It said too big to break down on its own, but hunters break down the body. So why is it doing it on its own? It doesn't sound like hunters to just leave something to decomposition on its own. Maybe this was a different type of monster. And one they wanted to hang on to and find out more from. They were talking with a monster as if they could trust anything it was gonna say. From what you described, it sounds like he was talking to the monster, and they weren't. It sounded like he was the one that was primarily dealing with it. Maybe. And everyone else saw danger in it. But if everyone else didn't want it dead, he did. I don't think it's that they didn't want it dead. I think it's that they didn't know what would happen if it died, which makes me wonder What was it doing while it's alive that made them concerned about what it could do if it was dead? Maybe it was threatening them with something. They weren't sleeping. None of them were sleeping. Maybe it was... Maybe it was the idea of it being back in the wild. Maybe they couldn't kill it, they thought. But he made this thing. You're a reporter? Hmm. We could just go ask. Alexander's piece sent off. This bracelet, he sent it to you. Mm-hmm. Did you know? No. You just thought he just sent you a gift out of the blue? Well, he sent me a couple of things before. He makes me um, bags sometimes. Keep my equipment and things like that in. 
Did he say anything with it or just, hey, I thought of you made a bracelet? Well, he, um... Alexander wasn't blood, but uh, he knew my daddy and we were kind of close, so... Yeah, he, it wasn't abnormal, I didn't think, for him to send me something. Thinking about this creature, about what we've seen, about what I've heard, can I use my paranormal investigation, my occult, and think about anything that I would have read about or studied or anything that could give me an idea of if this creature has appeared elsewhere, if, it's, if there's lore about it, if there's myths about it, anything. Sure. Give me an, I would say, acumen or intuition. Can I see and the a journal? Wit. Yes, of course. And I, I will use, if I can, part of my photographic memory is that once per session, I can remember an obscure piece of past information. Gotcha. Uh, but I'm sorry, what was the role? Um, acumen or intuition and wit, please. Okay. That's odd. What? The drawing of the dagger. The bracelet isn't shown on it. I got six with a phenomenal success. Phenomenal success. Yeah. You begin to try and recall any information you have heard about anything similar, about anything that rings a bell that applies to this situation. And you think, and the only thing that you can ascertain and try to remember is you you do know that you've read a little bit about this particular lodge. You know kind of the basics that um, Bram Wolfgang Velvet founded it. You know that he sort of compiled and enlisted a bunch of hunters to sort of be in almost like a guild that they all sort of took part in and were friends and there were family ties, some of them were related. Um, you have heard there be some stories of particularly them and this mountain being sort of a not hot spot, but just sort of local legend that there were monsters here. And the Velvet Hunting Lodge was mostly responsible for keeping people here safe from those dangers. It wasn't really ever clear if that was true as the lodge is very exclusive to get into. People don't really visit here, but it was always just sort of, oh yeah, there's a kooky sort of family that lives up there that have friends and they go out in the middle of the night and claim they hunt monsters, but it's hard to get up there and nobody's really allowed up there. And it's sort of also kind of an understood thing of if you are trespassing, they are a bunch of hunters. 
other than that of trying to kind of recall, nothing really, nothing really about this particular situation you find yourself in right now. That journal starts with him complaining about there being no game. Yes. And hoping to find something. Yes. And then finding a creature, the biggest thing, the score. Mm-hmm. And they bring it back. And it's, I think it offered all the people here something that it really wanted. And I don't even know if it's real. I think you might be right. I think, I think Mr. Velvet made all this happen. Maybe even unknowingly. Maybe even just what he could do. Can, he, he wanted to hunt something. Can we spare 15 minutes? I mean, far as I can tell. Why? I want to try to go to sleep and see if I can fall asleep. You can do that in 15 minutes? Oh, yeah. That's incredible. I fall asleep within about five minutes of laying down. I require at least three fingers of rye. Good on you. Okay. Did you want to try one of the bedrooms? Or are you on? out here in the open with Probably us? Probably not a bad idea. One of these downstairs ones. Mm -hmm. Keep the door open, though. Actually... Maybe somebody should just sit with you, since it seems like none of these rooms really did anything till the door closed. Mm. Can you come with me? Ready and willing. Can you not stab me? I can't make promises, but you know, just behave. <laughs> if you turn into a screaming flesh monster, I'm gonna stab you. I think that's very fair. Consider everything we've seen of these people here. I don't know that you don't go to sleep and wake up something worse. Fair. So contingency right now. I won't stab you if you wake up as you. How long you want to stay asleep? 20 minutes. If I fall asleep, I'm not sure I will. Well, because he said he in the book, interrupted by sleep. dreams. Mm. At first, and then he can't sleep. So if you can dream, maybe you can know what kind of dreams would interrupt sleep. Right. That doesn't make sense. That's a wonderful idea. All right, let's go. We it's like a sleepover. This is fun. Oh, yeah. Sleepover with guards. Yeah. yeah. You head to one of the chambers? Yes. Heading to one of the chambers, you take one of the beds. And it's moderately comfortable. You've slept in worse. Mm -hmm. You lay there for a moment. I do a breathing exercise that helps relax me and let me slip into sleep. Closing your eyes, the exhaustion of the past couple of hours alone takes you fairly quickly. You find yourself in sort of that void for a moment of peace, of rest, until 
almost like a small, small dot in your vision of white begins to sort of grow larger and larger towards you. And you can hear it echoing in this sort of empty space. Nicolette. Psst. Hey. Hey. Are you here? <laughs> Nicolette. I head toward the light. Heading towards it. You begin to see as the dot is now turning to flame. And you see as you can just barely begin to make out the figure of someone small. They sort of, hey, who are you? I don't really have an answer for that. Um, but I, you're here. Yeah. Are you downstairs? Me? No, 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 no. That would be like super scary if I was downstairs. Um, no, but there seems to be some sort of, um, I don't know, like a, like a rift or something that, um, means I can talk to you for a little bit while you're sleeping. Do you? Is this working, by the way? This is my first time, um, talking. Really. I only learned hi and your name. You're... You're communicating. You see as their eyes looking at you sort of dash past you for a moment. Okay, uh, we don't have a lot of time. Um, but look, uh, you're, um... You're, you're struggling, um, just be careful. And as they say this, you see as from sort of behind you, almost curling around unnaturally, this long sort of huff of warm breath breathing and the child made a flame almost put out before your eyes and this large lumbering figure moving into sort of your vision as this is happening birdie you see over nicolette's arms and up sort of through the chest and her eyes f flying open a blaze caught in flame. Going to grab the nearby bedroll and put her out. Okay. You begin sort of grabbing the nearby bedroll and attempting to put Nicolette out, but it continues burning. Nicolette, wake the fuck up! Now! You hear as this creature looms over you and you're unable to quite make out its shape. As in your ear, Birdie, wake up, Nicolette. I start running 
away from the light back toward the place that was dark and peaceful. Okay. And when I get there, I picture a ladder leading up to a manhole. And I begin frantically climbing up the ladder and I emerge from the manhole into a dark underpass. And as I crest the top of the road, asking for you, so get back out there. Are you a friend? Probably not. But, um, better than some things. And you <laughs> And as soon as she does, <laughs> the flames die out. Is there evidence on her skin and clothes that she was on fire? There is not. You all right? Physically, yes. Tell me something only I would know about you. Uh, I, I, I called you over to move a tile off a grate. Okay, close enough. I wasn't really prepared for that one. Okay. This, there's. We should, we should go back to the others. Did you have a dream? Yes. I saw the thing, I think. It's huge. It, um, the thing I saw when I was a child, it extinguished her. It. Ooh. And then, apparently, I brought her back. But it, it was, it was huge and impossible. I, I, I don't understand how one little knife is going to take this thing down. You know? I read in a book once. It's the smallest things that change the world. So why don't we go kill this fucking thing? Okay? I just want to go home. Yeah, there's no coming home from stuff like this. We either go home physically or we go home spiritually. There is no both. You ain't Nicolette anymore. Not, not in the ways that matter. You're, you're part of our little slumber party of hell here. <laughs> Just being realistic, you can go home after this if we live, but you're never going to really go home. You should sort that out now. I'm going to open the door. Okay. And walk out. Uh, so she had a dream. It was real bad. While they are doing that, mm -hmm. can I approach Abby? 
-hmm. I feel like as they've gone off, I've just kind of sat down somewhere, like against a wall. Just relax. How close are you to Eliza? I probably wouldn't be that far away. In fact, in this moment, you'd see Abby looking at her like she's about to ask her something. I'm going to interrupt that. And hey, yeah. Abby, um, could I talk to you for a second? Just have a seat. Plenty of floor. Um, just a two. Thank you. Hey, don't go far, okay? I know. <sighs> so. Yeah. I'm going to do something. Yeah? That I haven't done in a very long time. Abby. Okay. I'm going to tell you the truth. Eliza found out Probably the worst thing I've ever done. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Are you about to tell me what she found out? Yes. Why? Do you love her? She's a friend. No, nothing. Nothing more. Nothing like love, no. I mean, I care about her. She saved me from not being able to find a meal, but... Abby... In that last room, that thing hit me. Alexander. Yeah, I saw He hit me hard. And I died, Abby. Nicolette, oh, so this isn't just... No, this is more than that. This is more than that. Mm. Nicolette is right, but she can't know. I don't know if she'd believe it. I could probably... Do you have a pulse? Could you hold out your wrist and she would have some explanation? But you know what? It's keeping her focused and it's keeping her going. And I'm not going to deny her that. I saw something, Abby, on the other side. spoke to something and it showed me what was going to happen only four of us can leave okay frankly I'm survived that any of us are going to be able to leave no it's the creature he wants one of us and I think it's Eliza why I don't know. It, he can't have her. I don't want this thing to have anyone. I mean, we're going down to fight a monster and you have seen how good I am at fighting things. And you've oh. seen how good I am at killing them. We've been doing what we can. I don't, I don't mind fall into this thing. I don't mind going out with a fight. I don't, that's fine. I've been expecting that ever since I started my own hunt for these things. But 
have someone? Like, what's been going on in this house? I'm sorry. I, I lost the thread on the question. Like, keep someone prisoner here. Yes. It wants a new plaything. That's why it brought us all here. But it only needs one? It's going to try and strike a bargain. But here's Abby. He's going to succeed. How do you know? The future isn't written yet. He's gonna try. You're right. I'm just trying to warn you that... No, it's a good warning. It's a good warning. It's coming after Eliza. You need to protect her. Okay? That's why I'm here. Good. I just wanted to give you a heads up because you've, you've been so nice to me. Well, we're in this together, right? I'm gonna protect her, but we're also all in this together. Like I said, I'm not expecting us all to get out of this alive, but if we get out of this, some of us get out of it, and this thing is done. This thing is gone, dead, sent back to where it came from, not doing this anymore, then it would have been worth it. That would be worth it. And what happens when we get rid of it? What happens to you? Me? Yeah. I didn't see whatever this is. It was something else. So you're just dead forever? Oh no, I'm fine. He wanted me to help. He who? Uh, a friend of mine. A new friend of mine. seen before? Yeah? Yeah. Does it speak to you? And it promises you things? I just, I wanted to help you all. And it calls to you? He doesn't call to me. And? He hates me, I think. And do you hear a clock when it happens? I don't suppose. I don't remember. And did you strike a bargain with it? No. just sent you back. Okay. He sent me back to help. He doesn't like whatever this is. He wants it gone. Well, I'm glad no one struck any bargains yet today with any monsters. And I'd like to see, can I tell if she's lying or not? you can attempt. So I will have you roll your charisma and either your empathy or manipulation. Please do not tell us which. Um, and then you, likely your intuition and your, I will allow manipulation, vigilance, or wit. 
gonna do vigilance okay. because I feel like that's that's what's happening here. She's hoping to see that this is all honest. She wants it to be honest, but she can't stop being careful. So. successes because I got a one on one of my d4s. I got seven. Seven? Melody seems to be telling the truth. And more so, she seems to be confiding in you. Well, I'm glad. Let's take care of this thing. Make sure nobody makes any deals. Nothing that is down there or out here or whatever. Um, we'll deal with what's left afterwards. And if that's dealing with you, me, anything. Any of us. We will. Yeah. Just keep an eye on her. I no one noticed it, but she suggested that you talk to it. Evie, that doesn't sit right with me, though. No, not especially now that we know that it... No, suspect that it was lying or promising or dealing with whoever was here, bargaining. All right. I look around and I try to find Eliza. As you all are sort of recollecting and she's sort of been shooed away from a conversation, you can see she's walked over to where that door has opened and is sort of peering down and... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, that's a basement. Mm -hmm. I won't get up, but I'll call out. It's a basement? See anything? Don't go down yet, obviously. Not, not until we're ready. I don't know when we're going to be ready. Without looking at you, she... It's just dark. Well, apparently we got a light-up dagger. Yeah. We're all probably gonna have to stay pretty close together, though. I don't think it gives off that much light. Yeah. I'll get up and I'll give you one last, like, little nod as I walk over. The two of you probably would have yeah. rejoined now. I come out going, Well, she had a dream. It was a real bad one. I, uh, I saw the thing that I saw when I was a little girl, and, um, it spoke to me, and then what I presume to be the thing in the basement showed up, and it... <laughs> for, for lack of a better word, it extinguished her. And, um, it's... I cannot put into words how massive it is. It's... it's massive. Our nightmares can seem overwhelming at times. 
And, um, I asked the girl, the, the fire girl, if she was a friend. And she said, probably not. So just something to be aware of. Well, at least it's honest. Yeah. Did she say anything to you about the thing? To be careful? She didn't show you anything? She didn't know. I don't think she's tied to this. I think she's part of you. Oh. I made her again. Yeah, she's proud of you then. Does that mean I'm part monster? No, it means that you've gone through some fucked up shit and you got stuff chasing you in your brain. It happens. It's not pretty, it's not great. How but are you so collected? What other choice do I have? Break down? Cry? What purpose does that serve? It doesn't. I'm probably gonna die down here, so why do I gotta make a big deal about it? Are you scared? No. Well, I don't mind admitting I'm terrified, and I'm gonna go kicking and screaming. But yeah, she's right. But we're gonna take care of this thing. Because we can't not. <sighs> We can't leave it to go after more people. We got called here, whether it was a trap, whether it was a calling. We got called here to take care of this. I didn't ask for this. No, neither did I. None of us ever do. Why would I ask for this? That's, that's why sometimes you try to protect people from it. What's that supposed to mean? Just that every once in a while I fail at it. No. Have you failed before? I think I just did the last couple of hours, right? I haven't seen you fail anything. I look over at Eliza. We've all failed one way or another. Are you real? As real as you are? I don't know how real that is right now. Yeah. It's kind of scary. But look, if... I don't know what this is or what everyone is talking about. I can't remember anything. And I don't know if I want to, but if this is everyone's nightmare or whatever... I just wanted to end. I'm gonna go over to Eliza. Okay. Stay real still. And I'm just going to press the dagger gently, not to cause harm, against her throat to see if there is any kind of non-natural reaction. She sort of apprehensively and uh, while I'm not going to stop this, suddenly Abby is there, protectively. Look, if anyone 
It's gonna die. I feel like maybe it shouldn't be at the hands of each other, right? I ain't gonna kill you, dear. She's testing you. Okay. I'm just gonna press it enough to where if it was going to react, it would without cutting her. Just trying to make sure that it is making contact with her skin. She sort of feels it. And you can see a little bit the light of the blade almost seems to be burning a little bit. But as you've been holding it, you feel as well a little bit of heat coming from it. I'll pull it back. She's like curling my hair. It's a magical weapon against monsters. It's a fair check. I understand. She also has a point. If this is the moment that we start doubting ourselves or questioning each other, we've got no chance against this thing. Touch it's Melody with it. Begins to burn. Same it's way it hot. did. That's it. All right. You want us all? It'll make you feel better. Your turn, Nicolette. I'll touch it to her hand, and I'll touch it to your hand. I was going to grab it, and I was going to say, I'll grab it by the blade to pull over and touch it to her. If you want, it's hot. Mm-hmm. I take it. <sighs> Does sting a bit. And as I'm doing this. <clears throat> Same sort of deal. I suppose you already grabbed it. I did. Not the full thing, though, but... Come on. I don't have any other questions to ask. I have something to offer, though. Before we go down there, that thing is going to bargain with us. It's going to ask. It's going to question. There ain't nothing I want on time. That's good. That'll help. I'd like to think I can go down there and just not be tempted, but these people here were, despite the fact that they're pretty strong people, so... Who here will make a deal to save everyone else? Do not... Not me. There is a difference between making a deal to save people and making a deal with a devil. You're making a deal with a devil to save people, potentially. And you know what? At least in the stories, the devil keeps their word. I don't trust All right, this so we thing. know you're willing to do it then. No, I'm not. Nicolette. I would rather see us all die than make a deal with that thing, because guaranteed... Even Eliza? Yes. Guaranteed. It does not keep its part of the bargain. All right. hundred percent. I'm not making a deal with this thing. All right. Nicolette, what do you want more than anything in the world? Something you only think about in your wildest dreams. You wouldn't even tell your best friend. If we know what each other wants... Peace. What kind? Just... everything to go back to the way it was before I came here. Okay. 
Abby. You're talking about right now or you're talking about? Deep in your deepest soul. Want to know where these things are coming from. Not just from here. What do you, Abby? That's what I mean. These things, these creatures, these monsters. I want to know what and why. Is it just to torment us? What about you? I think I can guess what you want more than anything. I just want my kids to be happy. I just want them to live long lives. Eliza? The only thing that I'd want is gone. What about your brother? I've been searching for ways to bring that back for a long time. And it's probably gonna tell you that it has a way to do that. I don't really care about that, but... Did you see... what took him? It was a blur, mostly. But when I think about it, it was, it was big, and it, I, I don't know, it almost felt like it, uh, Did it feel like a hot breath? No, it was cold. Um. The feeling I had was warm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you could feel that it was coming out of a warm body okay. sort of thing. But if deals are on the table for everyone to get out... Yes, Abby. Don't do it. I beg you, don't. None of these things can be trusted. There is no deal that they will honor. You will do what it wants you to do, and you won't get what you want. It's not a deal, it's not a bargain, it's not a promise. It's a, it's a trap. It's like bait. If we know what deal it's gonna wanna try and make, then we can do our best to talk each other out of it. Did you say what you want? Not yet. She said she didn't want anything. I don't. But if you could have something, if you were gonna offer yourself something that you would do anything to have, what would it be? I don't think you understand who I am. I'm perfectly capable of getting anything that I want, and I don't want for much. There's nothing it can offer me. It can try and offer me jewels. It can try and offer me fancy cars and nice men. No, I don't want any of it. It can try and offer me my son going to the best college ever. I don't care. I made my way. I don't need deals. Deals are for cowards. There's nothing it can give me. I hope you're right. Nicoletta, by the way, I forgot to tell you, uh, you were mentioning the hot breath. Uh, you were on fire at one point. I tried putting you out. It didn't work, but you look fine. I was on fire? Just like a little bit. Just on your arm, but yeah, you were on fire. 
It was, it was very weird because it just kind of stopped. You so said, be careful. You said your thing is a creature on fire, right? Yeah. A little girl. When did you meet this creature? Just before all my friends vanished. I, uh, I had been on my way to go see Tabitha. And I took a shortcut. And she appeared. And over the next few months, one by one, all my friends vanished. And every time I made a friend, they vanished. So I stopped making friends. Vanished like they just stopped talking to you and went away? Because maybe that's a you problem. Or like, vanished like they disappeared off the face of the planet. They went missing. Ah. No, I know what it's like when it's a me problem. That's why I don't do friends, really. Y'all are about as close as it gets. <laughs> and I pay you for those lessons. You do. You pay very well, actually. You're always on time. You said it talked to you, Nicolette. Did you recognize the voice? Whose was it? Hers. Did you say yours? Hers. Oh. She's been there all along. I, I hear her. She usually just says my name. But she's been there all along. What about you? Well, I told you mine. Has it ever talked to you? Yeah. Yeah. Mine don't talk. They just... Mine's a giant bug. She's not. <laughs> I'm gonna hug Nicolette and I'm gonna whisper in her ear Nicolette, I'm your friend. And I'm not going anywhere. Since you're caught up on the not logic world, your whole thing is fire. I can make water. <laughs> we work pretty well together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go try and kill a giant deer thing? Yeah, let's go. I'm walking over to the basement thing, just beelining straight for it. And 
Can I see the bottom of the ladder? Looking at it, you cannot. It is pitch black. (sighs) I'm gonna go stand next to Eliza for a moment. Do you wanna come or you wanna stay? I won't blame you for either. I'm not staying here. Stay close. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be real bad. I didn't think it was gonna be good, so. It's, it's gonna be worse, but I came here to get you and we got you and now we're gonna go get this thing. Before you all climb down, Nicolette, you may take two minutes off your clock. As your soulless trigger is a melody. (laughs) I'm not crying. Thank you. Thank you. I love you so much. (laughs) You all begin descending? I'm going down, holding this out just so I can get a mind for the ground before I hit it. Okay. But clutching it really tight. Mm -hmm. You begin climbing down, and you feel once again as the temperature shifts. In the foyer area, it was cold but not unforgiving whereas here as you breathe you can see the mist of your own sort of steam rolling out from your nose your mouth it is dark and Bertie sort of wielding this lighted dagger you're able to see a little bit in front of you but not far past that As you begin to reach the point where your other foot hits a floor, you can feel your feet land, and the sound of them landing echoes out from concrete. Feels like concrete. Looking at it with the light looks like concrete, and it's bouncing off of far away, distant, empty walls. And just barely to your left, you can see the handle of what seems to be a metal staircase. Going down or up? Going up. And there's nothing else in here? It's hard to see, unless you wanted to walk around in the dark. You want to take a trip around the room before we take another staircase? I don't think there's anything in here. There's no way but forward. Let's get this over with. I'm walking straight to the staircase, and instead of stepping on the stairs as they're metal, I'm going to slide my feet onto each stair. Okay. So that there is no echoing contact, and I'm going to gesture to the rest of them to slide their feet. Okay. If you would all please make me a coordination and composure roll. 
Could I apply my hide specialization to this? Absolutely. I spent two minutes, but now I have two successes. Okay. Nicolette? Three hits. Three. Abby, you said you got two? Birdie? Three hits. Three hits. Five. Five. All right. As you are sort of led by Birdie, illuminating just enough of the path to be able to sort of see where your feet are supposed to slide in and move, you feel still a bit of reverberation in these stairs as they feel old and not as well maintained, some of the screws a bit loose, and so there's a little bit of sound as you continue up, but not anything that is echoing off walls. As you continue, you hear from below, sort of in that empty space that you had entered into before, this soft sort of labored breathing from something seemingly loud but as you get to the sort of top of the stairs and you are shining the light to continue to see you hear suddenly this rustling moving shifting around on the floor and then this sharp whistle tone call echoing throughout this room, almost elk-like in sound, but sharper and traveling through this heavily vibrating throat, producing the noise all around you. In the dark, you hear as after this call, Something metallic above you, warbling and moving. You are not able to see what it is yet, but you can hear as it is growing ever closer as you are atop a metal catwalk. Hello? You wait for a moment before you hear another doom, doom, doom on the metal above you. And just barely in the light of the dagger, you see as this face twisted and turned upside down rears its way into your vision for just a moment before disappearing again. I need all of you to please make a intuition and reaction roll. Did I recognize the face? Looking at it, you, the, the face that you have seen was heavily silhouetted, very dark and shadow on the front. The eyes looked similar though. To who? To the one in your vision in front of the cave. 
And what was this role? I'm sorry, intuition and composure? Reaction. Reaction. Thank you. I am also spending five seconds, which cascades me to my 12th minute into my ninth hour. I also used five seconds as well. Okay. None for me, thanks. Four. Oh, you got zero hits. No, no, I just don't need to use any seconds. Oh, Chad, okay. I'm worried about No, 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 sorry. That's all right. Nicolette. Five hits. Five hits. Four hits. Four hits. Five hits. Five hits. Three hits. Okay. As you all are sort of hanging on to the railing around you, as you can sort of begin to feel the sort of um, less maintained than you'd like catwalk begin to shift slightly and that face peer just for a moment before disappearing back into the darkness, you see as these cloven hooves sort of swing into your perspective and most of you are able to sort of move out of the way but the size of them hits some of you or well hits all of you but for less than some for nicolette you take two points of damage got it for you you take uh three points of damage birdie you also take two and you said you got three Hits on your... Yes, three hits. And you take four points of damage. As you feel these hooves sort of clash into your perspective and sort of knock all of you sort of in, um, sort of off of your balance just for a moment, but you're able to catch yourself, but you still feel that brunt sort of impact against your body as you are continuing on the catwalk. And you hear, as after this happens, that sound. Rushing around the room. What do we do? Velvet? Are you staying in place? Still moving. Still moving? Whether they come with me or not. I'm following the light. Okay. <laughs> I'd move towards the back of the group, kind of pushing Eliza in front of me, but since I've recognized this face, I will yell that out and stay put for a second. I'll stay put with Abby and Eliza. Okay. So the two of you are continuing to move. How quickly are you moving? Uh, are you running I, for it? As I doubt the integrity of this catwalk, I'm moving at a brisk pace. Okay, so you're both sort of not booking it because I like don't power wanna... walking. Power walking. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Or jazzercising. Okay, gotcha. So the two of you continue to move, and you're waiting for Eliza. Um. Or are you just making sure that she's with you? I'm making sure she's with me, but ahead of me, so that if we have to continue, she'll go first. Okay. And then calling out. Okay, so as you sort of call for Eliza, you hear her right behind you, and she's sort of, I'm here, I'm here. And she's like pushing you to continue to go as she's also like trying to follow the light, and she's sort of behind you at this point. So she's like, go, Abby. I will push her past as I call out, Velvet. Are you continuing to wait there? For a moment, not too long. If I start to see them getting out of sight, I will move. Okay. 
The two of you moving will not need to make this roll as you're continuing forward. Are you also staying? Yeah, I want to keep... Uh, I don't want anyone to be alone. Okay. So I need the two of you to make another intuition and reaction roll. As this is happening, mm-hmm. I would like to appropriate a light, uh, a large light that can illuminate this room as much as possible. And that is my dread manifestation appropriate. Okay. So basically I, I reach through reality and grasp on to a bright light and pull it into our world. Okay. How many minutes is that what you at? Uh, four. Okay. As you are, you're still moving also? Mm-hmm. As you're moving, you sort of pull whatever it is that allows you to conjure things. And you feel it's almost this new sense within you. As you sort of reach out, you feel as your hand passes through this hot, warm heat for just a moment. And as you grasp on the other side, you pull inwards towards yourself. And for whatever reason, this looks like a very small version of the lantern that the truffler had in his room. Is it a constant light or a flickering light? At this point, it's a constant light. Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you pull it and you sort of have just enough light now to see sort of in front of you a little bit further than where Birdie's light is able, but it is sort of a singular cone, so it doesn't illuminate the whole room. Right. Now that you have that out as well, and you're sort of whooshing it across your body looking, you can see further down the catwalk, there is a brick wall in front and a door. Everybody, come on! I think we have to go. As you are continuing. What did you roll? Four successes. Four successes. Abby? Three. Melody, you will take five points of damage. Abby, you will take six. Shh. I fall over. Calling out to this thing. As the cloven hooves once again swing into your perspective, you both sort of feel the impact against both of your sort of chests and shoulders. And Abby, as you fall, we're going to take a moment away from the Velvet Lodge. Abby, as you fall and you feel your consciousness almost in a similar fashion to when you would use those manifestations of yours, you find yourself floating in this void under you, a floor of black water reflecting your image back onto yourself. And you hear, as from the water, this figure begins to 
grow and move. Hello, Abby. You've died. Why am I not surprised to see you? Because you're very clever. <laughs> Apparently not clever enough if I'm here. Mm. You always did have a tendency of looking things in the face instead of running. <sighs> well, I'm looking you in the face now. Why? Because I am here to ask if you're ready to die. No one's ever ready. No. But are you ready, Abby? Honestly, no. I've people to protect. I have stuff to do. We are so close to destroying whatever this thing is. I'm aware. How, how aware are you? Aware enough. You know what this thing is? I know what many things that you face are, Abby. And, and you know, I got a crew of people with me who all have their own huh, inner monologue to talk to, right? Mm-hmm. How put together was this? Were you involved with putting us all together? No. If I was, then my connection to your world wouldn't have died, would it? So? So, would you like to return? You know my answer is gonna be yes, but you know, if you've been listening, I'm not making any deals with you. That's all right. You are smart and vigilant. I could send you back without that nasty mark on your chest. Or I'm sure you'll find a way to power through it. I'll take whatever you're going to give, but I ain't making any deals with you. So you go ahead, make your own choices, but don't expect anything in response. Very well. And you feel that impact of those hooves against your chest and your ribs sort of moving and shifting. Why do you even care? What am I to you? Why? You are answers, Abby. That's all you want, right? But answers about what you are. Well, I don't want you to get too comfortable here. You're dead. What do you want to know? First off, wh why? Why even? Why? What is your purpose in our world in your world 
This doesn't look like ours, does it? No. In your world, mortals, beasts, animals, plants, the life, it is different. And unfortunately for you, it is all delicious. And for some reason, when we encountered each other, you just always wanted to know more about me. And in your world, wouldn't that make us friends, Abby? I don't have friends haunting my every second. I don't have friends <laughs> who our meeting gives me nightmares. I don't have friends who I hear in the back of my head. Like a you, like you. Is it always peachy? With Eliza, with, who are you traveling? With Melody, it's always happy? No, but at least I've got some. I don't Our give. meeting still, I remember every moment. I remember what I used to be before I met you. Just like a different person. And that person's gone because of you. But all of these answers that you seek, all of the times that you reach into someone else's eyes, something else's eyes, is that not friendship to you, Abby? Do I not give you gifts, like a friend? Do you not benefit from me living with you? You know, friends usually ask. Friends usually have a rapport. They don't just suddenly live in your house and then say, but I'll leave you presents and that's enough, right? You're an interloper. You're not a friend. Just because you've left me gifts doesn't make it any better. You do ask, Abby. Who do you think answers when you ask when? You. So we're in agreement. That what? That right now. You don't have to ask, and I'm going to do you a favor and send you back so that you can continue asking questions and I can continue to feel flattered by that. It's not a deal. It's a question, and I'm asking now. Do you want to be sent back? Yes. Very well. And you feel as the solid floor beneath you sort of falls away and you are submerged <laughs> in this black water, feeling your limbs around you move and float and it is cold. From now on, 
I will give you two options. Would you rather continue with the necrosis wound or scarred? Necrosis will increase all physical damage your character receives by one. Scarred, your character's charisma permanently reduces to a maximum of two ranks. I'll take the scars. Okay. I you, earned them. You feel as that crushing of rib, the breaking of your skin over the chest. Something seems to feel as though they heal, but you are marked permanently. And as your vision regains and you feel almost this wash of water pour over you, <laughs> I hate that so much. You are back on the catwalk. You are sort of leaned up against one of the handrails. But you are alive. Your health goes back up to full. Okay. And just before you fully regain your full movement, the breath in your lungs, the life in your body, you hear in the back of your head. Hmm. Very good, Abby. Patronizing asshole. And we will rejoin Abby and the rest of the ladies at the Velvet Lodge. Returning to the moment at hand, the cloven hooves after having swung into vision and hitting the two of you sitting waiting together. Abby, you fall, and for a split second, Melody, you worry the worst. And you see across the chest, blood rushing, bruising beginning. But Abby sort of <sighs> regains consciousness suddenly. Are you okay? No. But I'm here, aren't I? Is that enough? Where is it? Where's the thing? Where's where's everybody? Where's Eliza? I hold the lantern out mm -hmm. and uh, shine it down. I'm imagining I heard her hit the catwalk. Did she yeah. drop? You sort of, she sort of had fallen against the kind of railing of it and slumped for just a moment. Mm -hmm. And then the arm sort of catching under the armpit had just kind of seemed to be what woke her and continued her forward. Okay. Get down here! Let's go. There's a door. Oh, another door. I'll get up, and then do I see Eliza? Eliza is in front of you, booking it. I'll get up and follow. Um, as I'm running, 
I'm going to start humming a melody and you and activate my uh, manifestation convalescence on myself. Okay. So to heal two for the next sixty seconds. Gotcha. You heal two. As you're sort of frantically. <laughs> As you are continuing, you hear that clanging of metal against the ceiling. As you are continuing, but it seems as though, for whatever reason, how fast you are moving, it is having a hard time knowing exactly where you are, except for the two with the lights. It seems to be tracking but not moving as quickly. And as you all are sort of running, you the two of you would now hit that door. You see across it, these sort of large gash marks striked over the wood and bricks surrounding it and around it, blood dried and smeared, as well as these sort of desperate handprints stamped over it. Are you opening the door? Yes. You grab the handle, swinging it open. It opens fine, and you can hear that clanging continuing faster and faster. Let's go, we don't got much time. Get in, get in, get in. I will usher everybody through with the light to guide their way. And as the last person passes me, I follow and slam the door behind me. You dunk. The door slams, and you feel a moment of peace as you can hear whatever it was that was moving outside after having heard that door slam stops. In the room, it is still pitch black. But you can see a bit with your illumination, both Birdie and Nicolette's lamps providing some light. In the corner, you see a grandfather clock, the hands stuck on midnight. Below you, a plush, bare rug, abandoned, but more recently cared for than the foyer. Along the walls are shelves of books, Long, red, and overly organized. Obviously used, but likely left for decoration. In the corner, you see a small workbench covered in tools, bones, different scraps of hide. And in another corner, a desk with a quill and ink set right next to something odd. A small recreation of the exterior of the lodge. A familiar green front door on the workbench. You see on the side of it, two latches sort of sit in order to open. I move over to the dollhouse with the lantern. This door opened too easily. You wouldn't lock it if you had to get away from that thing quickly. Yeah, but every other room we've gone into has been a trap with locked doors. 
And we just ran from the creature that you all want to stab. That I want to stab. There's no reason to lock this door. Making your way over to the dollhouse, you see that it is closed. But from within it, there seems to be just small nodules of light emitting. And you can sort of see through the windows. It, you said it has latches? It has two latches on the side. I set the lantern down on the desk and flip the latches and open the house. As you unlatch and open the house, the three of you, sort of still in the room, see as behind the other workbench on the other side, the wall moves just slightly, and behind it a large sort of lever exposes itself. Nicolette, opening the dollhouse, you see something that feels familiar. Careful detail taken to recreate the interior of the lodge. Every room featuring the different ones you'd all have traveled into. The foyer, the dining room, the bathroom, the parlor, the bedroom, the kitchen, and sort of in this perfect diorama of them. I... Are there figures, dolls or anything in it? Looking at it, not here. I want to really examine it. I'm going to use a panopticon and examine it closely. Okay. Examining it closely. You feel a sort of sense of dread building in you as you come to understand that this seems to be a method of communication. Whoever built the dollhouse seems to be using it to translate something. And similarly, it feels like a device used to cage and keep. I sit down and begin studying it in earnest. Um, I have uh, skills in investigation, in languages, um, and let's see what else might play into it. Investigation, language, science. I'm using my my knowledge basically to try to decipher. I I'm thinking this is the source of the ritual that has twisted this house and trapped us here. And I'm looking for signs that confirm or deny that. You feel this sense of 
almost looking into a smaller version of a mirror Mm -hmm. that this is not only a method of trapping and this communication you're sensing, but that it's also made with the utmost care and detail. And looking at it and where it is and the sort of tools around you on this desk, whoever was in this office made it. And you can see they've sort of imbued something akin to when you use your manifestations. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of when you talked to that little flame before. Mm-hmm. Something similar, but far bigger has touched this object. The paper and quill are sitting on this desk, right? The pen and quill. Or pen. Or uh, uh, ink, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pull the paper over, dip the quill in the ink, and lean forward and just say, I'm listening. And wait to see if I I feel any need to write or hear anything or anything along those lines. Pulling the quill and ink over, you don't get the immediate sense that you are told to write or even read, but looking at the material, you can tell that this is the same tools that were used to write in the journal you acquired. Anything interesting? This house is an exact replica of the hunting lodge. I'm gonna peek my head over. Is it a replica as we've gone through it or a replica of a regular hunting lodge before it was twisted? As you've gone through it. It's part of a containment. It's, it's, There's, there's a attempt to communicate here. I, I can't quite explain it, but it's, it's, I think this is binding everything here. Is this, <laughs> is this how they got the giant thing? Is they made it small? Do I get the feeling that this is intended to bind the big thing or that the big thing is manifesting, binding us here through it? You get the sense that it is not binding you or the thing, but rather- The other hunters. The other hunters in their respective rooms. This was for the hunters. This is how they were bound to their rooms. Are, not were, are. Well. Well, nothing. Are you done looking at it, Nicolette? No. We can destroy it in a minute. 
We need to make sure there's nothing else. I'm gonna walk over the grandfather clock. Uh, take a long, just investigation look at it. You said the hands were stuck on midnight. Is it still ticking or is it still? It is not moving. I'll look over at everybody. Should I start poking around? Before we go any further, there's, there's something I wanna do for safety. Um, Melody, you're a strong girl. Put out your hand. And I am going to use polymaterialization and take the five minutes as I create an exact duplicate of the dagger in Melody's hand. Oh. How did... I'm gonna stop asking that question. Thank you. If the creature sees this, it's gonna try and destroy it. We need as much contingency as we can stand. I agree. I have a knife. I open the front door of the house. I open all the doors in the house. I open the windows. Do you think we burn it? Maybe. I can burn it. I think we should start, um, with a room out of the time, maybe. Perhaps one that's unoccupied in case, you know. Kitchen. We smell smoke. Kitchen. Well, there's nothing in the kitchen anymore. Before, this is made out of wood. We burn one room, we're burning all of them, so we might as well. You we're know. still in the house. Remember, we went up. How did we go up? We've run back through the room that has the thing we're supposed to stab. Do we take it with us? Do we have to burn it here? Is it stuck to the table? I shove it to see if it's stuck to the table. It moves. It doesn't look to be stuck. I want to go through each room and look at the furniture and look for anything that does not resemble what we saw. Look for any sort of um, differentiation between the rooms as we saw them and what's in this house. Looking through it, it looks about the same. There's maybe some discrepancies because of the size difference okay. or um, materials not being the same. But mostly, it is a recreation. I just, I can't shake the fact there's something communicating. But I can't. I place my hands on either side of the house. And I'm just gonna close my eyes and use centering and clear my mind and just listen. Melody, what's wrong? I don't think we, I don't think we have to kill it. 
I don't think we have to do anything with it. We are just here for our friends. That is how we get our friends out of here. That's all the communication I need. We set them free, we kill this thing, and we figure out how to fix them. It's trapped down here. All right, how do we use the dollhouse to get everybody free? Ask it, Abby. As you focus on the dollhouse, your mind begins flashing through pieces of the forest around you. Tree, moving, leaves, critters, crawling, and then it stops. And you hear that loud sort of puff of steam from a warm, large body blow against your neck and shoulders and over your face. Bram. It's not Bram. Who is this? Someone who's very curious about what's going on here. Hmm. Who is this? I don't have a name. Are you the being that we've seen? I've seen you. Are you trapped here? In a way. And have you trapped the others here? I don't think answering that would help you. And what can you tell me that would help me? Are the lights on? In the house? where you are. I'm assuming not, because we just have... No. Take a look. See what your eyes see. Then come back, Nicolette. Was any of that on her end out loud? Nicolette, you may choose. I would say Nicolette was saying things out loud, yes. Search the room. There's a lever on the wall. I go over to the bookcase and start pulling books off the shelf and opening them to s and scanning the pages to see if there's any notes written in them and just throwing them behind me as I go through looking for hollow books or notes in books. I'm going to pull the lever. <laughs> I'll be in the process of walking over to the grandfather clock when that happens. Okay. As you begin pulling books and looking, they are all normal books. They 
have some, some of them have sort of a um, scientific aspect to them of study of plants, of different trees, hunting guides. Um, some of them seem to be more children orientated. They seem to be for a younger audience, probably retired here a long time ago, um, but nothing abnormal. It asked if the lights were on. As you reach over and pull, you hear that sort of k'thunk happen as you hear a sort of soft leading through pipes and through the walls around you. And you see as in this room, a red sort of glaring light turns on. And though the door is closed, you can see around the sort of seam between the trim and the door itself, the light is emanating from outside as well. Does the grandfather clock turn on and start ticking? As this happens, it continues still. I go back to the dollhouse. Do you want to? Do you want before you start talking to the thing that we said that we weren't going to talk to? That's probably trying to go, bargain with us. Oh, I'm not going to make any deals. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. If you're not going to make any deals, there's well, no we, hurry, right? We already did what it asked. No, that I sounds just... like a deal to me. You do something that someone asks you to do, and we turned on the lights. Only if you get promised something in return, and I want to. Go to the grandfather clock and open it to see, are there all the guts there? Does it look like it's a working clock that's just not wound? It looks like it works, but it is still. I'm gonna glance over at the house and I'm gonna reach up and move the minute hand forward one minute. Is there a clock in the house? In the main house? Yeah, in the dollhouse. Oh, in the dollhouse? Yes. No. Okay. You kick it forward one. This thing is ominous. Yeah, it is. I sit back in the chair at the desk in front of it. Before you do, I'm, I'm waiting. Bram, where are you? As you all are collecting, figuring things out, you see Eliza sort of walk towards the door. Eliza? I'm not going out. What are you doing? I mean, we could peek. I'm going up behind Eliza, just letting the light shine beside her. You're not touching the door. Okay? I'm not touching the door. And back off from the door. Bram. Hey, hey, listen, listen. We're all trying to figure this out. There's no reason to be pointing that at anybody. There's no reason to be opening the door. All right? Once again, remember, we're trying not to turn on each other here, okay? I actually... As soon as you finish saying that, Abby, in a swift motion, she reaches forward and throws... Stabbing her as she grabs the door. The door open. 
As this happens, you see her eyes move and she, there's another switch. And as you drive the knife, where are you placing it? Non-fatally in her gut. Please roll 5d6. One hit. One hit. You see, as you drive the knife into her gut, and she sort of... Are you pulling it out? I understand if this will require an athletics roll. I'm going to pull it out, kick her through the doorway, and shut the door. Can I, at this point, run in? Like, when the stab happens? Sure. Because I'm going to try and do it as quick as possible, just in, out, door. I got you. What are you trying to do? I'm rushing forward, and I'm going to knock her away and close the door. And stand, ideally, knock you away, close the door, and then stand in front of in front of the both of them. While Eliza is in the room or out of the room? In the room. Okay. Okay, so she has sort of begun to slump forward, so you'll have to likely grab her while Birdie is also in the midst of kicking her out. I'll, then I'll grab and shoulder check to keep you okay. off. But everybody's still in the room. So... Strength and toughness, mm-hmm. plus your athletics. Um, you, I would like, I will say for this, because you're also trying to shoulder check Birdie, a coordination and toughness roll. I'm going to spend six seconds to add two D8s to the roll. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I pull out some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to spend six seconds. The dollhouse is producing public <laughs> <laughs> It's like eating it out of the kitchen. Mmm, chewy. <laughs> so stale. <laughs> it's so stale. <laughs> I'm also spending six seconds to add to the oh eight. Okay. I'm just going to say I'm scary right now. It's okay. It's all right. Lauren still loves you. <laughs> I don't know after this roll. Oh, it's getting real. <laughs> of all times for me to roll good. <laughs> Not to protect myself. Forget the monster outside! There's nothing I can do because I spent six seconds. That's a catastrophic fail. Mm. That's a phenomenal success. With seven hits. There was going to be no way I was going to. You would have to have rolled. This is the culmination of self-defense training. Uh-huh. I've just failed your class. It's I'm sorry. Fun. How many successes did you get? Seven. Yeah, okay, never mind. So, as this happens, Birdie, you are pulling the knife, and in a split section, second, Abby, you run forward, trying to 
grab Eliza before she is kicked out of the door, but Birdie realizing that you are coming with all of her force, shoves the foot the rest of the way out and Eliza having just been stabbed sort of staggers forward out of the door. Are we still in the same scene as when we came in to this room? Technically, yes. Okay. I still have uh, Panopticon active. Okay. Is there any change in Eliza that is supernatural? At this point, there is not. Okay. And as she falls onto the catwalk in front of you, Birdie, because of your phenomenal success, what is your next move? As I shut the door, I'm going to stand in front of it, lowering the knife. You're incapable of being objective. Look what you just did! Get out of the way! And I'm gonna try to push you, and if you don't move, I'm gonna do something. I will not move. I'm... Birdie, wait! Wait, what are you doing? He can't have her, Birdie. She willingly put all of our lives at risk. And you! And all of you are here doing this, and you're gonna turn on each other right now just because she opened the door, just because you already came down here. She's talking to a beast. And this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna kill the person I came here for. Get out of the way! And with that, I'm activating Photon Lance, and out of my angry eyes, lights appear and pierce through you. You take six damage that ignores armor and are blinded for 30 seconds or three combat rounds. I'm down. And that pushes me over to my 11th minute. With that, we will rejoin what happens to the group in the next episode of The Velvet Lodge. Welcome to the basement. Thank you so much for visiting the Velvet Lodge. If you have enjoyed your stay, please be sure to leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. Your review may bring new hunters to the lodge looking to experience this story. Until next time, happy hunting.